So I mentioned Back 40 was this weekend. It's our pastor's conference for rural churches and smaller churches. And I'm so honored that our keynote speaker for that is a pastor named Rob McClure. And Rob and his wife, Sherry, pastor a great church in Mustang, Oklahoma called The Bridge Church. And it happens to be my home church. And Rob became the youth pastor at The Bridge when I was going into my senior year of high school. He was my youth pastor. Um, and so he came on staff and we became close very, very quickly. And he has seen me some, through some really difficult seasons of my life. And he's always been such a good friend to me. And I will tell you uh, sincerely, I wouldn't be in ministry if it wasn't for this man's influence in my life. And I'm so grateful for him and for Sherry and for what they've brought to me and my family and as well as their, that church and that community. And man, he was such a blessing to the pastors that were here for Back 40. And I know he is going to bless you today. So I want you to be ready to take notes, be ready to lean in and receive everything God's got for you. So please give me, uh, help me welcome very warmly to the platform, Pastor Rob McClure. I'm sure you guys know how blessed you are to have Mel and Kim as your pastors. They're just great people. I like people that aren't fake, that what you see is what you get, and every time you're around them, they're the same no matter where they're at, and these guys are that way. And Mel is full of wisdom. I love picking his brain, and I just think he's a great leader, and um, you guys are blessed to have him. And I've been really impressed with your staff. You guys have a fantastic staff. Um, Yeah, give them a hand. They, They really are impressive. I love what your church is doing for rural churches, and I think that's a lot of fun, and I'm going to steal that idea and take it back home and use it there. So, But if you got your Bible, you can turn to Psalm 23. You probably don't need to. You probably memorized it. I remember when I was a kid growing up in third grade, I had a teacher named Mrs. Moles, not Mold, but Moles, and um, she, uh, every week, every day in class, I remember growing up, um, we had to do, we, we got to say the 23rd Psalm in class, and then I think we maybe did the Lord's Prayer or something like that. And uh, so I am old. Yeah, I'm very old. I'm, I, because, uh, you know, that was back when that was legal in school and stuff like that. So, but, uh, <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, but yeah, it's not, not quite like that anymore. But uh, anyway, I, uh, we, we've been here all week. We were in Ohio for the uh, general council meetings for the Assemblies of God. And uh, I heard about a, a, a a zoo in Ohio. It was a little zoo that really was struggling to get by. The only really thing they had that people liked looking at was a gorilla that, that they had. And it's kind of keeping them in business. And one morning when they got ready for kind of summer kicking off, they went in there and the gorilla was dead. And they were like, oh no, we're going to be in trouble. We cannot make it through a summer without a gorilla. It's hard to find one. So the manager ran real quick to one of the employees and said, look, bro, I'll give you $100 a day if you'll just wear the gorilla suit and pretend to be a gorilla. And so so this dude, some of you, if you saw on Fox or one of the channels this week, they had a gorilla in China that they think was, they were trying to decide on TV, is that really a man or is that a gorilla, a gorilla suit or a gorilla? But this, uh, so anyway, they, 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 the guy said, sure, I'll do it for hundred bucks a day. So he started doing it and he was so good at it. I mean, people were freaking out and the zoo kind of got a resurgence all of a sudden because everybody was like, this gorilla is like so lifelike. It's like a man, you know, it's kind of crazy because it was, but uh, they, they were really excited about it. And so the attendance was doing great and he kept trying to do new things to keep people, you know, engaged and coming to see him. And so one day he climbs up the net on the side of his gorilla cage and climbs over on top of the lion cage. And he's running around up there and people are like, this gorilla's nuts, you know? And all of a sudden the net tore and he fell right down in the middle of the lion cage. And he freaked out, man. He didn't know what to do. So he starts screaming, help, help. And the lion jumped on his back and whispered in his ear, shut up, dude. You're going to get us both fired. So... 
You know, growing up, everybody, you know, you always wanted to be like a superhero or something, or maybe some of you had a, an animal that you thought, you know, I really like that, that's my spirit animal. I like to be that. I like to be a cheetah because they can run 80 miles an hour. I'd like to be a, an eagle because they can soar, or an eagle, uh, or a, a falcon, you know, they can go like so fast, or maybe you wanted to be a lion or a bear. But I've never met anybody that wanted to be a sheep. I mean, sheep just aren't that impressive, right? I mean, they're just little fluffy things, you know. You count them when you go to sleep at night, right? Um, and, and they tell us that sheep require more attention than about any kind of livestock that's out there. They, they really just don't have a great skill set. They really have no defense system. I mean, if you're a skunk, you can squirt somebody and make them smell. If you're a porcupine, you can, you know, poke them with your, your, your fins there or whatever they are. Um, if you're a, uh, if you're a, and they're not fins, that's like a fish thing. Right, quills, quills. There, there you go, quill. <laughs> Appreciate your ministry, Mel. If you're an opossum, you can play dead. A chameleon can change colors, but a, a sheep doesn't do anything. Really, the sheep, uh, the only good thing, only really, only defense mechanism they have is just to stay close to the shepherd. Right. That's their best, best defense, is to stay close to the shepherd. They, they have mob instincts. If one of them freaks out, they all freak out. You know, they're like junior high girls. Um, they are fearful and timid all at the same time and stubborn, you know, they can be that way. Um, they, uh, they're prone to get lost. They just lose their mind. They're down there eating. And the next thing they know, they look up and everybody's gone. Where'd they go? You know, and they're, they're just not really bright animals. And what's nuts is that the animal, the Bible most compares you and I to is guess what? Yeah, I got bad news for you. All right. It's sheep. Sheep is what it compares us to. Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one went our own way. Psalm 103, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Matthew 9, 36, he saw the crowds and had compassion on them because they were like sheep. Lost, without a shepherd. Uh, Luke 15, the parable of the 100 sheep, the 99 that are there, one gets lost, and that's us. Again, just kind of being like sheep, and we have a lot of those same qualities in our life. But I wanna walk you through the 23rd Psalm and maybe help you see some things you haven't seen before. In fact, the 23rd Psalm, they tell us, is really a year in the life cycle of a shepherd with his sheep. They start out at home in the winter, in the, uh, in the, on the ranch, you know, there in the sheepfold. As soon as the weather warms up, they begin to venture out into the fields and, and they follow the receding snow up into the hills. And eventually in the summer, they go up into the very tops of the mountains where the good grass is. And then as fall starts to set in and storms start to come, they begin to move back down the, the mountain into the back to the folds around the farm. And then eventually in the wintertime, they're back in the ranch in the sheepfold during the winter uh, as winter sets in. And we've all seen uh, these, these pictures that say, you know, you had one job and the guy didn't do it very well, like right and stop at the crosswalk and he wrote SOTP, you know. I remember the old commercial, candy bar commercial where the guy's supposed to write Kansas City Chiefs and he wrote chefs, you know. But, but sometimes you just got one job. Well, can I just tell you this morning, if you don't hear anything else, I say you have one job as a sheep and that is to stay close to the shepherd. That's really our only job. And so let's just walk through this passage and maybe learn something this morning. First, it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everybody say my. You know what good news it is that the Lord's your shepherd? 
I mean, if you were a sheep and somebody's come along to pick sheep, you want a shepherd, a shepherd that, that's a good one, right? He's one that takes care of his sheep, that he, that he shears them when they need to be sheared, and he works with them and gives them good food and takes them good places, and that's who we want to be. But for so many of us, before we were Christians, our shepherd was a terrible shepherd. It was the devil, and he was cruel and mean because the devil doesn't care about any of us. All he cares about is hurting God, and the greatest way to hurt God is, guess what? It's to hurt you because God loves you so much. But we are his shepherd. You remember when you were in junior high and they would pick up teams for volleyball or basketball or whatever, and you, you were always scared you'd be picked last, right? Or that, that there's two guys picking or two girls picking and you didn't want to be on their team, you wanted to be on that person's team. Well, I got good news for you this morning. When Jesus picked his team, you're on his team. He picked you. The Lord is my shepherd. That's just a powerful statement right there. And he's a good shepherd. If you look at his sheep, they're taken care of. They, they have good, good food. They have protection. He's a good shepherd. In fact, in John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He said, you know, I'm not a hireling. You know what a hireling is? Somebody that they, they basically just take what they can get from the sheep. They don't really care about the sheep. If a wolf's coming, they're going to hit out. I'm gone, all right? You take fin for yourself, sheep. I'm out of here. Because they don't really care about the sheep. But we have a shepherd that laid down his life for the sheep. A good shepherd. A shepherd like David, who when a lion came to kill the sheep, he killed the lion. He risked his life. I, I, mean, I don't know about you. A lot of things I don't mind fighting. I don't want to fight a lion. I don't want to fight a bear, right? They're scary. And yet David risked his life for those sheep because he loved them. He was not a hireling. And so you and I belong to him. We are the sheep of his pasture. He is my shepherd. But I don't want you to get confused real quick. That doesn't mean he belongs to me. I belong to him. He bought me with his own life, with his own blood. We celebrated communion this morning to remind ourselves that we belong to him. And, and, and every shepherd puts a distinguishing mark on their sheep. Sometimes they spray paint them. If you've ever been, like in Ireland, you'll see this whole group of sheep out there looks like the teenagers did graffiti on them, right? But, but they belong to that shepherd. Sometimes they cut a notch in their ears so everybody knows with cattle, we brand them. But we're saying they belong to me and you and I belong to him. He says, I know my sheep. And John chapter 10, verse four. And, and Ephesians 4.30 says he has sealed us with his Holy Spirit and so we belong to him. And because we do, I shall not want. I really don't need anything. Philippians 4.19 says my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And so everything I need is found in him. And catch that from the perspective of the sheep, they are totally dependent. On, on, on the, the sheep are totally dependent on that shepherd that is going to take them where they go, feed them what they need, and do the best things for them. And, and, and I like the fact that he, he, he says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want even. How many times um, have you just kind of had something you'd like to have and all of a sudden the Lord gives it to you one day? You ever had that happen to you? Not just a need, but sometimes he even does the things you want. <laughs> And I've learned that the closer I get to God and the more my heart becomes like God's heart, then he doesn't mind giving me what I want. In fact, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart because when your heart's where it needs to be with God, you want the things he wants you to have and so he can give you those wants. And so we're blessed that he is our shepherd. 
and we don't want it. He makes us lie down in green pastures and he leads us beside the still waters. You know, he gives us peace. In fact, it's really, it's nearly impossible to get sheep to lay down because they're so skittish and frayed that they're always on their feet. They will not lay down unless they really feel at peace and they really feel comfortable because they'll want to run off. They're always, that's their only defense mechanism. And so you have to create an environment of peace and security for them to lay down. And Jesus does that for us as our shepherd. He protects us. He, he, he works through us in a way that we can be at peace with him. Isaiah 26, 3 says, I will keep him in perfect peace who what? Whose mind is stayed upon me. And so we can rest and we can lay down and we can trust that he is going to give us what we need in our lives. That song we sang a little bit ago, he says, you know, I, I, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. Sometimes he didn't answer us the way we wanted him to answer us. But we can still be at peace and know that he's good because he only does what we need in our lives, right? And so green pastures don't just happen by chance. The shepherd usually goes out way before he ever gets a sheep out of the ranch and he'll go out and he'll pick the poisonous berries that are out there and get rid of those. He'll clean up the fields a little bit. He'll go down to where the rivers are running, the little streams, and take the old logs out of them that fell in the winter and leaves that are piled up so that it doesn't dam up the water and the water's stagnant, but it gets it flowing freely. And then he takes his sheep out. He always leads them to places that he's already been. And so the good news for you and me today is that we have a shepherd that's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and washed it a few times. Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he didn't do. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's been tempted in every way like we are yet without sin. Amen. That is the shepherd that we have today and we can have peace because of what he's done and he restores our soul. You know, our bodies are made of, uh, I believe, three different parts. You have your spiritual part of you, your spirit on the inside. That's the part of you that got saved when you turned over to Christ. And then you have the fleshly part of you on the outside, right? That's old and decaying. And, and uh, you know, I tease everybody that my hair's falling off my head and going down on my back. It's pretty gross, right? <laughs> thought about getting a toupee. I had a friend that had a toupee made out of cat hair. And I thought, I don't really want that because every time he scratched his head, his rear went in the air, you know? And uh, I didn't want to do that stuff, you know? And, and, and so, uh, but, uh, but, but, but our, our fleshly part of us is getting old, but our, our, our soul is the neutral part of us. It is the part of us, it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's what we think, what we feel, what we, our decision-making process. And the goal of being a Christian is to allow the Holy Spirit to help us control our soulish nature until Jesus comes and redeems our, our fleshly nature. Make sense? Our spirit is saved. Our soul is being saved. And one day when Jesus comes back, our flesh will be redeemed. And that's why we're perfect in heaven. And so... It's easy in this life to just get stuck at times. Sheep get stuck, you know? Sometimes they just lay down in a spot that's a little too soft and they can't get out of it, you know? Um, sometimes they, they just have too much baggage. They need to be sheared and they can't get up. It's like when you wear a bunch of coats and stuff, you know, and you can't hardly move around. Sometimes they're just fat and they're out of shape and they lay down and they're falling and I can't get up and my thumbs, I can't reach my life alert. So, so they, they, they struggle. But to restore means to refresh or to repair. And, and, and the Lord does that. He comes and he repairs us. He refreshes our soul. He refreshes our thought life. 
when it gets a little messed up. He refreshes our will and gives us a tenacity, a determination to start doing the things we need to do. He restores our, our emotions and repairs our feelings, and he does all those things. And he needs to because, listen, your feelings will lie to you. If you just do whatever feels good, you'll wind up in hell, all right? In fact, it doesn't take anything to go to hell. All you gotta do is live your life and die. It takes guts to go to heaven. It's going against the flow. It's, 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 it's swimming upstream at many times. And so just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true. It has to come back into alignment with the word of God. And we worry about a lot of stuff. I love a quote Winston Churchill gave. He said, when I look back on all the worries I've had in my life, I remind myself of an old man on his deathbed. He said, I've had a lot of trouble in my life, most of which never happened. Because <laughs> we worry about stuff. But he restores our soul. He leads us in a path of righteousness for his namesake. Now, I want you to understand something. A shepherd leads sheep. A rancher, I, I live in a Mustang, Oklahoma. It's right by Oklahoma City. About just a few miles right in the middle of our, in our, by our town is the Chisholm Trail. And those guys would drive cattle. They'd make them go where they wanted to go. They'd get dogs that would bite them on the heels. And they would drive the cattle and make them go somewhere. And, and that's how people handle cattle. But shepherds, if you've ever seen a real shepherd, he walks in front of the sheep. And he sings or he talks and they follow him. In fact, a couple shepherds will put all their sheep in a cave at night. And in the morning, they'll go stand at opposite ends and call to them. And their sheep will separate and go to them. It's crazy. But they learn that shepherd's voice. But the shepherd leads them by his example. And, and, and he keeps them moving to where they need to go. One thing about sheep that's kind of bad is that they, they, they eat a ton of grass. But the problem is they also eat the roots of the grass. And if you don't keep them moving, they'll, they'll eat up the the land and they call it getting sheep to death. The land gets sheep to death. You know, you've been sheep to death at church, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but they'll ruin the land. And so you have to keep them moving. And, and, and the Lord does that with us. He leads us and he keeps pushing us and, and, and encouraging us by his example to keep moving in, in the places that he wants us to go. And he leads us in paths of righteousness. Righteousness means to be right in the middle of God's will. That's what it means to be right with God. And the Lord leads us in the right way, directing our lives as we follow him and stay close to him because that's our job as sheep. And listen, he, I'm thankful for his righteousness because you know what? I'm not good enough. And you're not either. <laughs> Tease that G-O-O-D minus G-O-D is O. It's, it's a big zero. None of us are going to get to heaven in our own. If we could, Jesus never should have died on the cross. But today we took communion saying, Lord, we trust in your sacrifice, in your righteousness. My righteousness is filthy rags. But when I stand before God and he says guilty, Jesus is going to step in and I'm going to say, Lord, I trusted in his righteousness. And because he paid the price for my sins, I get to go free. He who knew no sin became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God. And so he leads me right in the middle of God's will. You know why? Because I'm good looking? No. Don't, don't laugh so much. Golly, that hurt. Because of the way I was raised? No, because of his namesake. You ever thought about that? You know, we, we, we judge people a lot of times based on their, like, we look at somebody who has a ratty yard, and we're like, oh, man, they're a bunch of bums. Or their kids are misbehaving, like, oh, they're not very good parents. Or we, we judge people. You know what? People look at us as believers, 
And they make decisions about our God based off of us. You look at sheep, and, and he leads us in the right way, righteousness, because people are trying to make a decision about him by looking at us. In fact, when David sinned with Bathsheba, Nathan said, you've given all the enemies of God a reason to blaspheme God. I'm not trying to beat you up, but I'm just trying to say it's important. In fact, we glorify God. That's what we want to do. The word glorify means to form an opinion. So when we live our lives like Matthew 5, 16 in a way that men see our good works and they glorify our Father in heaven, they, we live our lives in a way that when people see us, they glorify. They form an opinion of God that I want to serve that God. We are salt to this earth. The number one ingredient in pizza is salt. And that's why when you eat pizza, you need a bunch of Dr. Pepper because you get thirsty, right? And when we're around people, we should make them thirsty for what we have. Probably a lot of you in this room that said, I thank God for Mel. I appreciate him being our pastor. You're glorifying God because you formed an opinion about God because of him. And so he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. You know why? Because he's with us. And his rod and his staff, they comfort us, all right? We have no fear because Jesus is with us. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, that uh, God does not give us a spirit of fear. What does he give us? Love, power, and a sound mind. Three things to combat fear in your life. And, and they're, they're simple. If you have fear in your life, it's not from God. It's from watching scary movies or from too much news or whatever, but it's not from God. God gives you love instead. Who loves you more than God? Nobody. God gives you power. Who loves you and who is more powerful than God? Nobody. The problem is we don't have a sound mind. A sound mind means a disciplined mind. To remember that the one that loves me the most and is the most powerful is with me. That's how you combat fear. Next time you're afraid, stop and think, wait a minute. The one who is the most powerful loves me more than anything else in this world. I don't need to be afraid. And so a sound mind reminds us of that. And it says, I, I, I walk to the valley. I'm not afraid because you're with me. Listen, I, I just told you a shepherd walks in front of the sheep. Really, we're not. He's not with us. We're with him. Does that make sense? Too many people want God to be with them. We treat the cross like it's a plus sign. I just add God onto my life and I keep on living like I want and he blesses me and throws holy water on me and that's all cool. But that's not the way it works. The cross is a place where things die. It's where we lay down our lives and we say, we submit to you, Jesus. Whatever you want, I surrender all. I will follow you. And so that's what he's saying. I, I don't, I'm not afraid because I'm with him is really the idea there. And so when I come in alignment with God, there's a, 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 a difference in my life. There's protection. There's things that happen in my life because of that. I don't have to be afraid. In fact, he has a rod and a staff that comfort me. A shepherd has, has a, a rod that he carries with him that's almost like an extension of his right arm. He can throw it like a spear. He can use it for all kinds of things. And, and he trains with it, and he's good with it. And, and he uses that rod as protection for the sheep. You know, if he has to kill snakes or, or whatever he's got to do, it's a club for him to fight with. It's also something that he uses for direction when the sheep are walking. He'll nudge them just to get them to go the right way, to get away from the edge of the cliff 
cliff. He may, he may use it for inspection. When the shepherd sits around in the evenings with the sheep, he'd rub that, that rod down through their fur and he would look it through the wool and see if they have scabs or they have bruises or, or if they need some ointment to be put on something or if they have ticks and he needs to pick those ticks off. And, you know, we have this term called pulling the wool over your eyes. And so he would rub that stick down their, their wool to be able to look and inspect them. You ever had God do that with his word? And he, he, he works through our lives, and then he uses it for correction. Sometimes you have to throw it at a, at, a, at a sheep that's misbehaving and straighten them out. But I'm thankful today that when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because he's with me and I'm with him. And his rod and his staff, they comfort me, and he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But what's cool about that is the reason he has a table prepared for us is because we just went through the valley. In fact, the only reason you go through the valley is because you're headed to the next mountaintop. Does it make sense? And as you walk through that valley up to that mountaintop, you're going up there for greener grasses. These, these high plateaus of the sheep ranges are called mesas. In fact, mesa in most of the languages of the world means a table. He's taking me through the valley because he's prepared a table before me up on the next mountaintop to feed me, to help me to grow. In fact, the word table, the, the root of it means to shoot forth or to spread out. At, at Thanksgiving, we say, oh man, what a spread. And so the Lord is taking us to higher ground. And so he takes us through that valley to get us up there. We used to sing a song, a hymn that says, Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. And there he feeds us in the presence of our enemies. We weren't afraid of our enemies because we're with him. And not only that, the Lord just to rub it in their face sits us down to eat in peace right in front of our enemies. I love dogs. You know, cats are not going to heaven. Y'all know that. I don't know if you knew that or not, but dogs are all going to heaven. But you know, you get a couple dogs eating around each other and they kind of, they're pretty tense. You know what I'm saying? They always think that one's going to steal my food. And then that one's over here like, that. his food looks better than mine. I think I'll try it, you know. You know, whenever we're going through anxious times, fearful times, we lose our appetite. We don't want to eat. But can I just tell you, the Lord is so cool that even in the presence of your enemies, he'll lay out a spread before you and tell you to eat in peace and eat in, without anxiety. And he'll make your enemies watch you sit down and eat it. And then he anoints our head with oil. And our cup overflows. You know, in the summer, sheep are real prone to these things called nasal flies. And the flies just drive them crazy and they'll get in their nose and they'll lay eggs and it gets an infection in them and it can drive them crazy, kills them. Um, and so the shepherd's constantly trying to keep these flies off the sheep. They, they will butt heads and they'll get bruises and cuts and scratches that'll get infected and inflamed and it can cause them problems. So what the shepherd does is he'll mix up a bunch of olive oil with sulfur and, and, and spices and he'll pour it on the sheep's head. He'll rub it on their heads and on their noses to keep those flies away. It acts almost as a repellent to them, but it also brings a healing to those wounds that they have in their life. In fact, when the Bible talks about a, a lamb without blemish that you would bring to the Lord, it means a lamb that doesn't have these bruises or these scabs on them. And so that oil was for healing in their lives. Acts 10 38 said God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good healing all 
who were oppressed of the devil because God was with them. And so maybe today you have an infection or an irritation or some inflammation or hurt in your life from butting heads with others or, or just from the enemy or things that are going on in your life. Can I just tell you, God wants to pour his healing oil on you today and heal you. He anoints your head with oil. In fact, so well that your cup would not just be barely getting by but overflowing out of your life. I'm reminded of the story of, of David when he was running from Saul and he runs into the temple and, and he said, I need a weapon. And the guy said, we have the Goliath sword back here. It's yours. I mean, you killed Goliath with it, right? David hit the giant with the rock and then went over and took his sword and cut his head off with it. And so David ends up using that sword as a weapon for the rest of his, his life that we know of. And, and so here's the deal. That sword was created by the devil to destroy David. If you're the devil, why did you make that sword? So Goliath one day would kill David on the battlefield and he would never be king. You'd cut off the messianic line. There wouldn't be a king in the, on the throne of David. Makes sense? And yet David was using that weapon now, <laughs> that, that weapon intended to kill him. And, and I believe there's some of you in this room that maybe you've been through a divorce or through cancer or, or some form of abuse in your life or got fired at a job or told you're no good and, and it's festered and it's hurt you. But can I tell you that thing the devil created to destroy you, God wants to heal you so well today that you will overflow and it'll be a weapon in your hand. And when somebody comes to this altar that's struggling with divorce, you'll minister to them in a way that I never could because you've been there and you've done that and you know how God heals. He will anoint your head with oil and your cup will completely overflow to minister to somebody else. And goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. It'll follow you. You know, sheep, I told you that they eat the grass and they'll eat the roots. One good thing about sheep, though, is this, is that they eat such wild stuff, such a variety of stuff, that their poop is awesome. And I'm sorry I said poop in here, but the word's manure, but in the Greek it means poop. So, And if you can get sheep on your property, it's good for your property. You just can't leave them there too long. You got to keep them moving because they, 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 it's the best fertilizer, as they say, is sheep manure. And so the, even old writers called them golden hooves is what they called them because they were so good for the land. And, and so what it says is if sheep came to your property and they left, it would be better off because they were there. Is that us? What's in your wake? What follows you? When you walk in a room, does the temperature change? And when you leave a room, is it better off because you were there? Is there goodness and mercy in that room because you were there? What is goodness and mercy? Goodness literally almost, it kind of it means God-like. You're like God. You're, you're God-like. And, and, and mercy, you know, grace is getting what you not, don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Mercy is about other people. It's what we give other people. And so really what he's saying is, 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 is at the end of your life, do people look at you and say, that person really loved God and they really loved people. I want that to be in my wake. You know, at my funeral, I hope they could say those two things about me. And, and what is in your wake today? What follows behind you? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. We hope that, and don't call me surely, right? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we said, this is a full year 
of the activity of a shepherd with his sheep. He's taken them from the green pastures and the still waters of home, outside of the ranch, up the mountain paces to the high table lands of the summer range and fall has come with rain and storms and they drifted back down the mountain to the foothills and back to the home ranch and they dwell back at the shepherd's house at the end of the story. The root word of dwell means to return. We've returned to the house of the Lord forever. Can I tell you? The thing that makes heaven heaven is that Jesus is there. Don't ever forget that. Again, remember, what's a sheep's only job? Stay close to the shepherd. And so guess what we get to do for all of eternity? Is hang out with the shepherd. People that don't serve the Lord, basically the bottom line of all Christianity is this, is all of us just being on earth is we're either going to serve ourselves as God or we're going to serve God as God. And people that want to do their own thing and go their own way have basically told God, leave me alone. I want to do what I want to do. And you know what makes hell hell? Is that God does that. He honors your request. God doesn't send people to hell. He simply honors your request and gives you eternity without him. Thessalonians says eternal destruction is away from the presence of the Lord. Never to feel God again. Never to be around God again. But that's not what God created hell for. He created it for you. He created heaven for you. Hell is for the devil and his angels. He wants to spend eternity with you back in the Garden of Eden all over again. And what makes heaven heaven is that Jesus is there. And so your only job is just to stay close to the shepherd. Um, I heard a story years ago about a big party in Hollywood and this famous actor was there and somebody said, you know, he's known for his oratory and somebody in a big booming voice. They said, we, we, read something to us, say something, do a, do a monologue for us. And, and somebody said, do the 23rd Psalm. And he said, okay, I'll do it. But there was a preacher there. He said, but only if he does it too. And the preacher agreed. And so the guy starts off, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, like Charlton Heston on the 10 commandments. And he goes through the whole thing and people are blown away and they're amazed and they're clapping their hands like, that's amazing, it's amazing. Now your turn, preacher. And the preacher starts off and just humbly, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And when he got done with the psalm, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Nobody was making a sound. Somebody leaned over to the famous actor and said, man, a little bit different response than you got. And he said, yeah, that's because I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd? You know, the Bible tells us names of God that, that help us to understand who God is. And I believe every one of them are found in the 23rd Psalm. He starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi means the Lord my shepherd. And so he's our shepherd that we follow. In verse two, he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, because he lakes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. In verse three, he's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, because Israel would raise a banner to rally the army and the troops. And, and where we're discouraged, the Lord restores our soul. And he's Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness, because he leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And he's Jehovah Shammah in verse 4, the Lord who is present because when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to be afraid because I'm with him and he is with me and he's Jehovah Shalom in verse 5 because he's the Lord our peace because he gives me a table to eat at right in the presence of all of my enemies and he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer because he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. We have a good shepherd, don't we? He needs our shepherd. And we only have one job. 
That's to stay close to him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And I just want to ask you real quick, as, as I talked about when we're in junior high and we line up on the wall and somebody picks us to be on their team, can I just tell you this morning the Lord has picked you? He's picked you to be on his team. But some of you may not have responded. You may have not have ever got off the wall and said, okay, I, I want to be on your team. I want to follow you. And this morning you don't really know him as your shepherd. In fact, there's been a constant struggle in your life of doing what you want to do instead of he, what he wants you to do. And if this morning you just say, Robbie, I want you to pray with me because I'm ready to follow him. I'm ready to turn my life. I'm ready to get off that wall and say, yes, Jesus, I want to be on your team. If that's you this morning, would you just slip a hand up and let me pray with you today just a prayer of confession and, and belief in Christ and saying, I want to follow you. Come on, lift your hand up if that's you. Let me say, that's me. This morning, I want to follow you, Jesus. Anybody in the balcony say, that's me. I'll follow you, Jesus. Thank you. I'll follow you, Jesus. If you, if, if you want to pray that prayer, just pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I do believe you're God's son. I believe you lived a perfect life and you died for my sins. Not your sins, my sins. And I'm a sinner. I confess my sin to you, and I believe you're my answer. So I ask you to wash my sins away, to come into my life and transform me today. I choose to follow you, and I commit to follow you through the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you mean that today, I believe you've written your name down, and the Lord's written your name in the book of life, and he has changed you. Let me ask you one more thing real quick. Just Bow your heads, if you would, one more time. Maybe you're here this morning, and you just needed to hear this message. You needed to know that the Lord's your shepherd. Maybe today you need some direction. Maybe today you're just going through a battle, and it's been hard to sit down and just eat because it seems like the enemy's all around you, and, and maybe, maybe there's just some stuff going on in your life that's an infection, and it's inflamed, and you're struggling, maybe from button heads with somebody. Maybe today you're just discouraged and you feel like giving up and you just needed to know that the Lord can restore your soul. You need some hope today. If you're just here and you just say, Robbie, I need my shepherd today because of what I'm going through, would you just look up at me and say, that's me? This morning, I need his help. Amen, a lot of us, a lot of us. Amen. Can I ask you to do one more thing? I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front. But I would ask that you would just stand right where you're at, not because something's wrong with you, but because there's people here that love you and they want to pray with you. And I'm just going to have you stand and have some people around you just put a hand on your shoulder to pray for you. Would you stand real quick? Come on, if you lifted your head there, or maybe you didn't and you should have. Come on, don't be embarrassed. We all got issues. We all go through things. We all need help at times. Just stand. Amen. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Once you know you got a good shepherd. And not only that, you got a good family around you that wants to help you get through it. Would, would those of you around just look up? If somebody around you is standing in the balcony down on the floor, would you just move to them? I want everybody to have somebody that will pray with them. Just put a hand on their shoulder. And we're going to pray together today. Make sure up in the balcony we got some people covered. Could some of you help us up there? Hallelujah. Amen. A couple more in the balcony. Could you just move to those that are standing? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you're our shepherd. 
Lord, that you put us on your team, that you are the one that watches over us and we're the sheep of your pasture. You are a good shepherd and you take care of your sheep. And today, Lord, I just pray that you would pour your healing oil on our lives. Lord, that you would minister to us in ways that nobody else can. God, today I pray that you would put hope into a discouraged heart. Lord, that we would find your help and your strength, God, because we can't do this in our own. We admit that. And we just choose to stay close to you. Lord, we come into alignment with you. And we believe that as we do, Lord, as we are with you, that you will provide for us what we need. You'll be our help, our righteousness, our peace. You'll be present. You'll be our shepherd. And so, Lord, minister to these that are struggling today. I pray for those that are sick in their body and they need a physical touch from you. Lord, that you would heal them right now. Lord, in your word, you took stripes on your back for our healing. And Lord, as we took the bread this morning, we acknowledge that you laid your body down for us. Would you bring healing in the bodies right now in the name of Jesus? I pray for emotional healing and mental health, God, where we've been discouraged and anxious and worried and fearful. Today, Lord, that we know that you love us more than anybody and you are more powerful than anybody. And I pray you'd bring that kind of a healing to people's lives today. Restore our souls right now and encourage and bring help and strength today. Lord, we just call on your name. Let goodness and mercy flow out of us. Lord, let our lives make an impact on other people. Lord, as they would glorify God because they see what you are doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Would you just thank him for being your shepherd? for picking you, for putting you on the team. Lord, we thank you that you called out to us and we responded. And so I just pray that you would bless us today and let us walk with you and let Summit Church make a difference in the city of of Indiana and, and down at these other campuses, God, that we would make a difference because we uh, uh, reflect Christ and people would see Jesus in us and know that we have a good shepherd by the way we live our lives. We love you, Lord. Keep us close to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Hey, both in Indiana and in Blairsville, if you appreciated this word, can we give Robbie a round of applause today? Thank you. Hey, right now I'm going to turn it over to our host in Blairsville. They're going to close out our time together, and uh, they're going to tell you what your next steps are. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. God bless you. I love you more than you know, and I'm so glad I get to be your pastor. So here's the thing. For those of you that responded today and you prayed that prayer of surrender to Jesus for him to be your shepherd, he picked you and you get off that wall today. I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for you and I wanna help you take the next step in the faith journey. So the simplest thing for you to do is you can do one of two things. You can either take the card out of the seat back in front of you and you can fill it out real briefly. It'll take you one minute and then you can stop by our next step table out in the main lobby. Stop by there. We would love the opportunity to help you take the next step. You know, what Robbie said is the most important thing for us to do is stay close to the shepherd. And what we wanna do is help you learn what it looks like to stay close to the shepherd. We want you 
to, to learn what it means and what it looks like. So we want to help you with that. So help us help you. You can either fill out the card or if you'd prefer, you can simply text Summit PA to the number 94000 and select the prompt that says salvation. Whether you're here in the room or watching online, let us know about your decision. And if you're here in this room, I would love for you, even if you respond that way, to stop by the next step table and let one of our team members help you on your way. We've got some resources for you and we would love uh, to help you grow in your faith. So help us help you in that way. Here's what's gonna happen right now. We're, our prayer team's gonna come down here to the front of this room as we sing this final song and our prayer team's available for you. And maybe you looked up at Robbie just a minute ago, but you just, fear got the best of you and you thought, I can't stand up. I can't do it. Um, I wanna challenge you. Don't leave here without letting somebody pray for you. And if you need prayer today for any reason at all, there is no need too small, no need too big. Do not let fear or anxiety keep you from receiving the victory you need in your life. We'd love to pray for you today. So even after we're done and dismissed here in just a moment following this last song, our team will be available. And if you would like us to pray for you uh, as we are being dismissed even, uh, you can step out, come to, your, come to the front of this room. But during this final song, our team's here. We would love to pray for you. So don't hesitate. Pastor Kittle's gonna lead us. And uh, so why don't we stand and worship together this last time. Guys, I love you so very much, and I am so glad I get to be your pastor. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next weekend, and don't forget to stop by and visit with our friend Bob Santos out in the lobby. God bless you.